When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to The Late Show. Welcome to The Late Show, everybody. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Right now... Right now, in the UK... In the United Kingdom right now, it is uh, about 4.35 a.m., which means Queen Elizabeth's funeral has almost ended. (laughs) But after 70 years on the throne, she deserves a proper send-off. The ceremony began this morning with a service at Westminster Abbey and a British military escort through London to the Wellington Arch with British subjects paying their respects as her casket passed by. A fitting tribute for a beloved monarch but pretty embarrassing for whoever forgot to put the crown inside before they closed the lid. (laughs) Oh, dash it all! Don't just stick it on top. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) The procession was lengthy, with King Charles and siblings walking behind the coffin for nearly one and a half hours. That's not easy. For years, the royal family's only form of exercise has been walking back statements from Andrew. (laughs) The queens... Queen's corgis were also there, and because of the short legs, they were all given funeral skateboards. (laughs) Thousands of people gathered along the route to honor the late monarch, requiring 22 miles of barriers to be erected in central London alone. Of course, those in the city who wanted to know exactly where the procession was at any one moment along the route could just download the Domino's Monarch Tracker. <laughs> Come on, they're, they're, they're taking a left at the Wellington Arch. That's gonna be two more stoplights. She better come with free garlic knots. <laughs> the procession... <laughs> the procession was led into the church by officer-in-arms with some pretty fancy titles, including, and these are all real, the Maltravers Herald Extraordinary, the Rouge Dragon... Pursuivant and the Lady Usher of the Black Rod. <laughs> Lady Usher of the Black Rod, coincidentally, also the UK's number one search on Pornhub. <laughs> one. <laughs> one interesting moment was when the Lord Chamberlain ceremonially broke the wand of office, signifying the end of the Queen's reign. So if I know my royal protocol, I believe King Charles now has to go pick out a new wand at Ollivander's in Diagon Alley (laughs) before he can return to be headmaster of Hogwarts. In observance of the memorial, the UK government declared today an official holiday. Most movie theaters were also closed, but offered screenings of the Queen's funeral. I believe we have footage, is this true, of the moving opening remarks. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Of course, (laughs) amen. Amen, Nicole. Of course, (laughs) 
The Queen's funeral wasn't the only solemn observance today, September 19th. Also, International Talk Like a Pirate Day. <laughs> so, with a heavy heart and the gravest of respects, I say, yar. <laughs> she will be missed. She was a good lassie. Of course, a lot of world leaders attended the funeral. Eventually, they attended because, for one, Joe Biden was forced to wait for a seat after he arrived late. The president may have been delayed because before he left, he sat down for an interview with 60 Minutes zaddy Scott Pelley <laughs> and made a stunning announcement. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's But the pandemic is over. Which is it, Joe? <laughs> we have trouble with COVID, or is the pandemic over? Lorraine, the affair is over. I still have sex with Bethany every Tuesday at 6 o'clock, but the affair is over. I gotta go. It's 5.45. I'll be right back. So what made Biden decide everything is all super chill now? Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Yeah, no one's wearing masks. Right, audience? <laughs> Wasn't all business. Biden also gave Pele a little tour and showed him a favorite keepsake. He showed us his other inspiration in a cartoon that his father had framed. In it, the Viking Hagar confronts God after a lightning strike, a blow like those endured by the president. And he's looking up, and once he says, he says, why me, God? The next scene, a voice from heaven, why not? Whatever, whatever gets you through the night, it's a little... It's a little weird. Of course, he's not the first president to draw inspiration from a Sunday comic. Who can forget the famous sign on Truman's desk? The buck stops because I feel fat. Ack! It's Kathy. It's Kathy. There was one notable uh, moment in the interview. See, usually when it comes to the ongoing tensions between China and Taiwan, the United States maintains what's called strategic ambiguity. But Biden was tactically pretty clear. What should... Chinese President Xi know about your commitment to Taiwan. We agree with what we signed on to a long time ago, and that there's a one-China policy, and Taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence. But would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack. So unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women, would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion? Yes. Okay. Okay. Calm down, China. You know we buy all the iPhones you make, right? You want some more Transformers movies? We can make more Transformers movies, okay? We got Michael Bay chained in a basement, okay? We'll send you Shia LaBeouf. He's got some free time right now. Okay, just calm down. You don't want Taiwan. You don't want... There's an update about who, who might want to be the president next. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, seen here 
<laughs> Seen here watching your grandma fall into a ditch. <laughs> Last week. Wow. Intense. Wow. Yeah. He has become famous. Uh, Last week, DeSantis made headlines for kidnapping two plane loads of migrants and then flying them to Martha's Vineyard. Well, it turns out it was way worse than we imagined because he actually abducted them from Texas. For a guy who acts so concerned about borders, he doesn't seem to know where his state ends. <laughs> so why is the governor? Why? Why, I say? Why? So why is the governor of Florida spending his taxpayers' money to snatch asylum seekers in Texas? Because he can read their minds. Because they're intent... Most of them are intending to come to Florida. Come on. Come on. No one... No one intends to go to Florida. You go. You're, you're forced to go there for two reasons, okay? You're about to die and want to eat pudding next to an alligator. <laughs> or you want to do that Disney thing where you can build your own lightsaber. <laughs> they have four available hilt styles. DeSantis went on explaining that you can't ever know what asylum seekers might be thinking because cars... If you want to do it effectively, um, you just can't police if you have two people in a car and there's a hundred different cars that come in a different week because it looks like your car or anybody else. Oh, oh, I remember that one from the SAT. If two people are traveling in a car and there are hundreds of different cars, how big of an a-hole is Ron DeSantis? Gaping. Gaping. Mas grande. <laughs> we also learned more from the migrants themselves. According to their lawyer, DeSantis' people lied to them to lure them onto the planes. Accounts from the migrants who arrived last night make it clear that they were lied to again and again. They were told there was a surprise present for them and that there would be jobs and housing awaiting for them when they arrived. This was obviously a sadistic lie. Yes. Imagine being told that you're getting a surprise present, and then when you land, someone hands you a bowl of chowder. <laughs> it's clams and hot milk. It's sadistic. Call the Hague. <laughs> according, according to the migrants themselves, they were approached at a McDonald's where a well-dressed woman who introduced herself as Perla handed them gift cards. Wait a second. These people were at a McDonald's, and they love gift cards? They're already Americans. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the citizenship test is just that and naming one football team. <laughs> like the, the New York Strong Boys. <laughs> <laughs> or the Kansas City Balloons. <laughs> Before boarding, the migrants were told they were going to Boston and were informed midair that they were actually going to land in Martha's Vineyard. DeSantis' goons didn't do much to help them prepare, as their lawyer explained. They were provided with a cartoonishly simple map of Martha's Vineyard and the United States. Now, that doesn't seem like a very useful map, but they also gave them a poster of the Milky Way that said, you are here. 
We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Ana de Armas. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, you know my first guest from films such as Knives Out and No Time to Die. She now stars as Marilyn Monroe in Blonde. Please come. Please come. Don't abandon me. Please. She's coming. Please come. She's coming. Don't abandon me. She's coming. She's almost here. Please come. Welcome, Honor to Armas. Lovely to have you on. We've, I've, I've never had a chance to talk to you before, but I've, I've been a, a long admirer of yours. Thank that you so is much. such an extraordinary moment yes. in, in that movie. And as I was saying to you backstage, who knew that Honor to Armas looked like Marilyn Monroe? Not me. Did you? <laughs> You did not suspect it. Here, this is this is a, one of the scenes from the movie next to sort of the iconic photograph that inspired it. Look at the two of you together. Yeah. And and there is actually this is not simply you know the the way you naturally look. That moment right there, you actually turn into what we think of as Marilyn. Right. And I'm just curious, is the character in the movie Norma Jean? Yeah. You know, if I can call him her, her character, even though it's a biopic. Norma Jean says there is no Marilyn, there's only Norma Jean. Yes. And even when the camera rolls, that's still Norma Jean. Yes. But then it really feels like Marilyn arrives in that moment. What do you think is happening? Well, I As think... an actress yourself, who has to have a something of a public persona, I imagine. Yeah, I think we all have our uh, public self and our private self. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Marilyn, you know, everything gets amplified because the star that she is... Um, and Marilyn, for her, was something that, um, you know, was something that she kind of, like, had to turn on and off when, whenever she needed it. It was kind of like a, um, 
something that was survival thing. And um, like a comic making jokes so the football team won't beat him up. Something like that. Uh, exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was my experience. Yeah. That's how I became okay. a comedian. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think for the most part in the movie, Norma Jean is what's present. Mm -hmm. And Marilyn comes, you know, whenever she needs it. Now, the, the director, Andrew Dominic, said that the minute from, you know, he saw you in your audition, he knew that you would be his Marilyn. Did you take, have a sense take of that? Take three, he said. Take three. Take really, three. The third time you auditioned, he knew it. Yeah. Did you walk out of there thinking that you, that, that you had the part? Uh, oh my gosh, no, I don't think I did. I was just like driving down Hollywood Boulevard with this very cheap blonde wig and some kind of like makeup and I just had the feeling that I did something good. Yes. Uh, but I wasn't sure. Um, I, 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 You're literally going down Hollywood Boulevard in a car, basically dressed I up as Maryland. I just happened to live very close to Hollywood Boulevard. Right. That was. No, but yeah. there are a lot of Marylands on Hollywood Boulevard. I, yes, I know that too. So, you know, posing for photographs. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Growing up in Cuba, which you moved when you were 18, is when you yeah. went to Spain. What did you know about Marilyn? What was what was your exposure? Obviously, she's, she's an international icon, but what did you know about her? Yeah, I, I wasn't sure, and I was asking my mom the other day if she remembered Marilyn movies on TV, and she definitely did. I just, I guess at that time, I wasn't aware that she was Marilyn, you know? So it was later on where I started watching films after studying um, in drama school that I, you know, realized this is Marilyn Monroe and what, you know, what she meant. One of the things that I think gets misunderstood of, uh, about Marilyn Monroe or, or Norma Jean is that very intelligent, very yes. thoughtful. Yes. Um, uh, she was very well informed on the roles that she did. And she, and I, I mean, her, she, there's a wonderful scene where she sort of surprises Arthur Miller with her mm -hmm. insight to a character's inform him about things about the script that he's actually shown her that yeah. he doesn't understand about yeah. his characters. And um, you know, it's sort of famously said about her that the only problem with this, you know, her being a dumb blonde is that she wasn't dumb and she wasn't a blonde. That's, that's right. You know, that was, that, was, that was the problem with that. I wonder, if, as a young um, actress on a, a rapid upward trajectory in what we might call Hollywood in the world, is some of her story resonant for you as someone to be, is beautiful but needs to be taken seriously as an artist? Uh, absolutely. I think at the beginning I thought, I was wondering what I would have in common with her, and to my surprise, it was a lot more than I thought. And uh, just this opportunity alone is, a, is almost close to, you know, a miracle. This, the role like this was not supposed to come my way. It was not supposed to happen. Not just because I'm Latina and, you know, Cuban. It just doesn't, they don't exist just in general. Like, this is something very, very special. So the opportunity for me to play this part was just, you know, a dream. We have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more Honor to Armas, everybody. Stick around. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Pod Show listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com.
to show this photo. Yeah. Right here. Was... This is this is you at the Venice Film Festival. <laughs> and this is actually very resonant of one of the scenes, or several of the scenes actually, in the movie of Marilyn being in front of the paparazzi on, on the red carpet. Mm. What is that moment like for you? Because movie stars know this in ways that television schlubs like me don't understand, <laughs> is what that moment is like on the red carpet. What do you, how do you, what do you do with yourself when all that attention is focused at you? I just try not to uh, trip. Just, you know, <laughs> I try to like, just like keep, keep it together. Uh -huh. It's very, it's very exciting. It's very emotional. Mm -hmm. You get back together with the cast. This movie we've been waiting for three years to come out. Did you start shooting this before COVID? 2019. Wow. Yes. I know. I'm a different... <laughs> <laughs> you got a 14-minute so, standing ovation yes. at the Venice Film Festival. My, my question, what do you do for those 14 minutes? To, to give the audience... <laughs> There's time for everything. But to give the audience some scale, the monologue I did tonight was 13 minutes long. You stood there <laughs> in front of applause for 14 minutes. Yes. What do you do with your hands? Well, you have to take breaks of, you know, clapping because they do hurt. Uh, it was just very emotional. You know, the, you're there with the audience and, and the best thing that can happen is that, you know, you get that reaction. You just don't expect that it's gonna be that long. But the, the audience doesn't lie. It's just happening for real. That's what they're feeling. And it's very, it's very moving. And it's, it's, you know, you're there with all these people. My family was there, my mom was there, my closest friends. And it's a moment that it's beautiful and you share this, you know, the first audience ever to watch this film. And it's kind of like a relief. And at the same time, it's like nerve wracking because now everyone's gonna judge it and see it, you know? And well, how long did you work on it? Uh, you mean the shoot? Like the actual, how long were you oh, actually playing the character? Nine weeks. Not, well, then that's, that's a very quick shoot. It was horrible. It was so it is, fast. It's a very, ta it's a very it, taxing. Yeah, it was for really, really fast. Yet. Nine weeks is nothing to you know, considering yes. everything we covered in, yes. in the movie. It's it was. And then did you be able, were you able to take a break uh, after that? Because it must have been exhausting. It was exhausting. I did have no no breaks. Um, what did you shoot next? Uh, we finished shooting this movie on a Friday, and I got on a plane and I started shooting James Bond on Monday. No so, time to die. No time to Paloma? die. Yes. Which is so I was Paloma part. two days later. Wow. Uh, which was, you know, probably my therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's beautiful because this character was so bubbly and so, you know, um, badass and, and a completely different energy. But if you really look at it, there is some kind of Marilyn in her. And and I thought that that was that overlapping there and that um, see through, you know, mm -hmm. was was really charming. Well, I'm gonna go watch right now to look for a little Marilyn in there. Yeah. Well, it was so lovely to meet you. Thank you so Congratulations much. on a beautiful Thank you. Thank you. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. CBS Sunday, after The Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. 
of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.